Well, we hate to say, I told you so. Uh, actually, we don't. We did want to say I told you so, because actually, we predicted that this SBS Cox deal in Florida with the radio stations in St. Pete and Miami would create drama, and it has. We explain the images that we use on our video open. We've had some people question those and what they are and who they are, so we'll dig into that a little bit. And honest to gosh, Keith, you know, we just as a business are struggling to get back to 2019 revenue levels, particularly in radio, television less so. But in spite of all that struggle, what comes along now? Another recession. So it's going to be tough, and we have some ideas on how our listeners and viewers can get ahead of it, stay ahead of it in, in their market. So good morning. We are back for another episode of Media Insultant. I'm Jackson Weaver. I'm in Seattle. My co-host is in Southern California. Good morning, Keith Samuels. Good morning, Jackson. We do this every Tuesday and Friday, and we welcome you now to the Friday episode, June 24th of Media Insultant. Keith, I got to tell you, you know, I don't understand why it's so hard for simple sales processes to exist in in any business. Uh, My wife and I were looking at a couple of homes over the weekend in the neighborhood, and we walk in and we we walked into two homes. And in both homes, the sales people were atrocious. The first sales rep, the real estate rep, comes up and she just says, hi, I'm a a buyer's agent. Do you have an agent? I could work for you. That's how she opened it up. She never asked us who we were or why we were there or anything. The second home we visited, the guy didn't even introduce himself. He said, oh, come in and look around. He didn't give us a card. He didn't ask us any questions. I guess consultative sell doesn't exist in real estate, maybe because it's been so lucrative lately. But it just mm-hmm. it just stunned me that there's so little awareness of how to decently sell. So I would say this. I will say that in the radio business in particular, we have good salespeople, or historically have good salespeople, a good consultative sale. And some of it's because you've trained them over the years. Well, thank you for that compliment, and, and I'd like to say so. In fact, one of the guys that I trained just got named Cox Media Group's Salesperson of the Year. So congratulations, Dave Cohen. Thanks. We couldn't train everybody in radio and television. You know, I, I tried. And, and for the most part, you know, what you see in real estate, you know, you're, you're, your wife's involved in training and developing mortgage brokers and mortgage salespeople. You know, it, it does make you wonder, like, who the hell is training these, right. these uh, real right. estate salespeople? Now, I have the opposite problem that you have in Kirkland there, okay? I've got, I've got, I'm surrounded by real estate salespeople who think they want to be major television <laughs> stars, okay? So, you know, you see TV shows like Selling Sunset and Million Dollar Listings, you know, and you got, I got Josh Altman, you know, you know, walking around, you know, in my street looking for listings, you know. I got guys knocking on my door. We have buyers interested in your house. You know, I go, yeah, right, uh-huh, uh-huh. What's the number? Uh, yeah, five million. You give me five million today, you can have the house. Let's go. You know, and they go, well, no, we're not really. But I think it's been an easy sell, obviously, with low rates, booming economy. Multiple offers, low uh, inventory, and, 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 all of that. Yeah, low bar of entry to become a real estate agent. And so you're going you're gonna to end up with some people that aren't very good. 
the people they work for, the brokers they work for, are probably pretty damn good. But they've got so many listings, they just need people to keep the door open, right? And you'd think that they could do a basic job of training them. I'm yeah, surprised that I they're too. that bad. I am Sorry. Too. Well, all right. No, and getting on to our show here today, no modesty uh, at all uh, in our house, Keith. We predicted that the forced sale of Cox's WPYO in St. Petersburg to Spanish Broadcasting wouldn't go smoothly and sure enough it has not gone smoothly it seems that before the ink was dry on the digital or the digital ink was dry on the on the document and the check was delivered there's drama i it's just this is the stuff you can't make up Uh, um let's go back a little bit here what happened for people who aren't aware of it (laughs) cox had a, a station an extra station that the fcc had asked them to sell forced them to sell because of they had too many stations oh two two stations you're right one in miami One in St. Pete, Tampa, St. Pete. Nope, no, 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 no. One in Orlando. uh, uh, PYO in Orlando. And then my. And and one in in, in Tampa. Yeah, 97X. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they had two stations, Orlando and Tampa, that uh, the FCC determined uh, they needed to sell because there was some TV purchase they'd made and they had too many radio stations. So it was, okay, let's just, we're going to make you sell those stations. Cox took a little longer than expected to sell those stations. And so the FCC stepped in and went, uh, or wasn't it SBS that said, we want to buy these stations, but Cox won't sell them to us. And the FCC forced Cox to sell these stations like pronto. You get like three months to sell these stations. And that's when we started tracking the drama. And of course, anything involving SBS involves a lot of drama. They're a drama-driven company, I think. Cox is not. What happened in Orlando? Well, what happened is, uh, and this this is really interesting. First of all, to your point, Cox really stalled. They want they thought they wanted more money. They said we just can't get enough money to the FCC, and the FCC said, "Look, the market's spoken. You know, you don't get enough money. Tough. You're the ones who are in the business. You ended right. up buying these stations, so it, that's your problem. Just get them off the books." So, and your point is right. SBS had been trying to buy them and actually complained to the FCC. Cox won't let us buy it. They don't enter into serious negotiation. Wah, wah, wah. So what happened is that they finally did sell them to SBS and Cox sold them and SBS took over the station on April 29th. Okay, the end of April. Now, mm-hmm. remember that for Nielsen, all radio stations in a major market like Orlando or Miami encode their signal uniquely with a digital signature that's picked up by the PPM device that people wear around. And when they hear the radio station, that the PPM picks up that digitally encoded signal so that that listener is credited right. to that particular radio station. So for the first week of April until the 29th, Cox encoded WPYO with the encode for their news station, WDBO. So essentially, anybody listening to WPYO, the FM station, or the uh, yeah, the the FM station, got was credited to WDBO, the news talk station. So right. Cox claims, oh, this is just a technical error. Whoops! And I, I'm not buying that, not much at all. Although I will say this, to be fair, first of all, engineering typically doesn't do these kind of things. This is a programming kind of a thing oh let's like what we did back in the 60s and 70s we do all kinds of messy stuff like this that you know was i was you know against our competitors but most stations also don't have full-time engineers 
and there's always one guy <laughs> who is technically fairly adept, has an interest in it. He's a disc jockey or he's, you know, a copywriter. I don't know what he does, but he also adapted that. And that channel encoding got routed to WPYO. And uh, SBS, to your point, is very dramatic about it. They're claiming racism. They're claiming discrimination. They're mm -hmm. claiming malfeasance. I love that word. That's a great word, malfeasance, you know. And so, in fact, there are, somebody ought to make a car of that, you know, the Dodge malfeasance. I, I think that would, <laughs> would be really cool. So the, they claim that also there are irregularities with WSUN in Miami. I, I, is this going to blow? Or Tampa. You know, in Tampa. It, yeah. Tampa. Yeah. I'm getting all of my Florida mixed you know, up. Yeah, so, so, so as a result, Nielsen gets involved and goes, oh, 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 well, you weren't encoding uh, WPYO correctly, so we're delisting WDBO for a month in the ratings. So Cox now goes, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, it was a mistake because we plugged the wrong cable into the wrong outlet. Because here's what WDBO was doing. Here's what Cox was doing in, in Orlando. The deal was closed with SBS. SBS is going to but it took 30 days for the, I, I guess, approval or to the closing date, right? It's like your offer for a house gets accepted and it's a 30-day escrow, right? And it's going to be your house on right. April 29th. Mm. But until then, it's still our house. It's not your house. And so what, what Cox said is, we're going to run, we're going to stop programming WPYO. We're not running the party anymore. We're putting WDBO on there to simulcast it for a month, obviously to maybe to see if they got some numbers, maybe that's, you know, whatever. But we're not going to continue to promote this radio station, which we're not going to own in 30 days. So who gives a shit about WPYO anymore? We're not selling it. We don't, we're not going to own it. So the guy goes in. Pulls the plug on on PYO's you know link to the transmitter from the from the station, and they plug in WDBO, but they didn't plug in the part of DBO that's encoded. They just plugged it in the unencoded signal, and that's what went out over PYO. Honest mistake. It's like and by the way, Nielsen has procedures in place that if you're not encoding, you get notified. You're not encoding. You're not encoding. You're not encoding. Nielsen never picked up on it for a month until SBS went. They weren't encoding the station. By the way, SBS was going to tank the format and go Spanish language. This was not like buying a station that they were going to continue in the format or anything close. They were going to change the language and the format, okay, everything. So the Cox guys are going... So screw that. We're just going to run our news station on it. But they plugged in the wrong cable to the wrong outlet, so it wasn't encoded. So they've appealed to Nielsen, and we'll see what happens. I'm going on the. I'm going with Cox on this one. I'm going. It was not malicious. They don't need to have the station. And you know what? We're gonna we're gonna run our news talk on it. And they just screwed up and didn't encode it. Because if they had encoded it, it would have been for the news talk station that was actually running on the FM. Okay. So you know. Come on, SBS. You're, you're picking up a station. You were gonna you were gonna change formats anyway. What do you care whether it was encoded or not? It doesn't affect you. Now you can encode your own station with your own Spanish language format, which you're pumping out of Miami anyway. Well, Have a nice day. I, I want to keep an eye on this because I, uh, I first of all the thing I don't understand is okay Nielsen delists them for what thirty days. 
it's a monthly market. Who cares? Yeah. You know, they're using three-month rolling averages anyway, So, or I think they are. Yeah, but now all of a sudden you don't. You all of a sudden you, you're missing a month out of that rolling average. Yeah. That's a problem. Okay, that's a problem. And so you know to delist these guys for an honest mistake uh, that you know that they, that even Nielsen didn't pick up because they're supposed to be checking on who's encoding. They could have called DBO and said, "Hey, hey guys, you're not encoding." Oh my shit! Oh gosh, let's go check the wiring and the hookup. You know, in the closet down the hall, and then they would have sorted it out. But they, okay. they nobody caught it. Nobody. Well, it's one of those things that's going to be um, evolving, and we'll keep an eye on it here on Media Insultant. And <laughs> all I can say is, there's always drama, always drama in these things. And that's right. All right. Always so uh, right. we've had some questions, including questions from you about our opening video montage that we use on Media Insultant. So I'm going, to, um, I'm going to edit in pictures of this as we go forward on the video. And if you're listening on the podcast, you'll just have to imagine what it is. Our, our first image is just a wall of old radios that uh, I took from a, a friend of mine who is a complete old radio geek. He's got, he calls it Radio Ranch. He lives uh, over in Bellevue. Just a picture of these, all these old radios. So no big deal there. The second picture is is uh, KCPX's master control room. Now this is a studio that I built back in the uh, would have been the late uh, mid seventies, mid seventies. So where is KCPX? KCPX was so where in, was it? in Salt Lake City. We had a radio okay. TV facility in downtown on Social Hall Avenue, and we moved it out to the west side. And built new studios. And kind of a fun sidebar story is because I was studying architecture at the time at the U, and the GM knew it. And he said, "Why don't you get involved and help with some of the design?" So I helped with the design of the studios. We also, you know, had some dream sessions where we talked about how we could build this really cool broadcast facility. And then I learned a lesson in, in, in. It was owned by Columbia Pictures at the time. We used to call it Cheap Pictures. Columbia Pictures had absolutely no interest in spending the money that we were talking about. The only thing, it ended mm. up as a tilt-up, literally a tilt-up building. And we ended up with, um, mm. the only thing we got in terms of any creativity is we had these enormous call letters out front that said KCPX. That was it. Everything else was just a rote studio, boom, 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 after studio. We had visions of being able to walk in the front foyer and see radio studios and TV studios and cameras, actions, and big ceilings, and none of that. None of that was Columbia Pictures going to pay for. So uh, okay. I learned a, a lesson. So, but a nice sentimental picture of the, uh, of the, of the studio. Yeah, and it was a state-of-the-art place. Okay, I got that one. Okay, okay uh, then the next picture okay. is a guy loading uh, yeah. an Ampex video recorder. Yeah, well, what's that all about? by the name of Craig Worth. Uh, Craig Worth was uh, a, 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 a true handyman all the way around. He did reporting. He ran. He started off running, uh, running videotape, and I'll get back to that in a second. He ultimately ended up moving to New York. He was a weatherman for WOR TV for about twenty-five years, and then he came back. Wow, yeah, that's a big deal. Then he came back to Salt Lake, and he was a reporter for KTVX, and now he's writing a couple of broadcasting books. So. So he's he's still kicking around. A very very smart guy, a bit quixotic and and quirky, but a very smart guy. But that Ampex machine was huge, and we had a room with four of these things, and they used them for running spots and some other pro, pre-recorded programs. But these these it took a, a real skill to operate these decks. They had about an eight second dead roll, so mm-hmm. you had to roll them on time 
or you'd end up with dead air or a brake that ran over. They were enormous. They were about six feet tall and about 12 feet long. They were used two-inch videotape, and a 90-minute videotape could weigh 25 or 30 pounds. I mean, the, it was a job. These guys, during a break, you'd see them, you know, they're moving on, rewinding this tape, loading that tape, throwing this tape on the floor to grab that tape. I mean, it was a physical job for these guys. Now, I want you to remember that today wow. you can do the same thing on your iPhone. That's what's just stunning. You know, you can do the same thing on your iPhone. So, and then the final picture is, uh, or this next couple of pictures, Pat O'Day. Everybody knows Pat O'Day or has heard of Pat O'Day. Legendary KJR air talent uh, station owner. Pat uh, is a lovely man, died about two years ago. Uh, just a, one, of the, one of the greats in, in radio. And I love this picture because it shows how much mischievousness was in his blue, his blue Irish eyes. He just, mm-hmm. he's got that, that twinkle. Pat was the guy who could tell the most fabulous stories, and he didn't care whether they were true or not. They were just such great stories. <laughs> so we love Pat, and we miss him. And then the final picture is KAST Radio in Astoria, Oregon. It's on Young's Bay on the Oregon coast. That picture was taken by mm. Scott Feibush, who, you know, we talk about geeky things. Well, oh, yeah. Scott Feibush yeah. is a geeky studio and tower guy. He loves towers. And I love that picture yeah. with the mountains behind it. I just think it's it's beautiful. He gave me permission to use it on the show. He's such a geek. He does a tower calendar every year, Keith. I know. It is. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sexy. sexy is the word. So. Yeah. All right. We... <laughs> Well, thank you for explain. Thank you for explaining all that, Jackson. After what 170 episodes, we now know what the uh, what the video is all about. Well, so I, I really appreciate. All right, that. so we have so. A, a recession coming down the pike. You and I have been through mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. once, twice, three times, maybe in our career. What mm-hmm. what's your thinking on this? I mean, if you're a broadcast exec and you're uh, have a sales team, or you're a sales guy or a sales gal. What's your what's your, let's start off with what what's the first thing you should do as as this recession comes up? Well, the first thing I would do as a manager is I'd be out talking to every major client in the market that I work in uh, almost on a on a on a every other week basis. I really want to have my finger on the pulse to know what's going on. How 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 are things being affected? How is this? You know, I, I just got back from a, a a drive trip along the California coast and did not pay under seven dollars and twenty cents a gallon for gas. You know, and, and there was a lot of traffic. So a lot of people are pumping a lot, double the money they've ever put into gas. They're doing that now. You know, we've gone from $3 a gallon to over seven in the last six months. It's been absolutely insane. So I want to know how that's affecting local businesses. How is, how are the, how's the stock market affecting things, both mood and also spending? So I want to be talking to my best local advertisers. I'm not going to be able to control national. I'm not going to be able to control network. Uh, maybe regional is going to be tough, but I've just got to make sure that me and my staff have got our arms around all the local businesses that, A, we want to help, but B, we want to have keep well, spending Well, and I think to, to your point, let me, um, let, me, let me jump in here because I think to your point, it's important to get ahead of it. This is not something we're going to do in six months. Mm-hmm. Do this today. Be ahead of the curve because this is going to impact. It's already impacting some businesses, but it's really going to impact other businesses yep. as we get into third and fourth quarter. So get ahead of it. What other what other advice? Yeah, and and you know I was I was reading last week that uh, you know that auto sales are down this quarter, and this is not because of of inventory like we've had in issues. Although that's part of it, it's it's just general slowdown in it. 
so my car dealers are critical in how I'm discussing with them because I, I need to get them back to where they were and, and they haven't been able to do it. But the big thing that, that I think is different for you and me and, our, and, the, and the radio and television sales staffs of today is that this recession is coming at a much different time in a much different world than, say, 2007, 2008, or even back in the, in, you know, prior to that in other recessions we've been through. And that is the fact that we've seen such a shift in spending from traditional media, print, television, radio, and cable to digital and social. Uh, what are they going to cut? What are local small businesses going to cut? Are they so addicted to digital and social that they will cut that last? And that we're now, instead of being the last to be cut, we're now one of the first? You know, I think, I think it's going to be, you know, really, really difficult for, for us to, to weather this one, much more difficult than it has been in prior years, in prior recessions, because, of the, because the, you know, the, they're, they're addicted to their digital. Print, I think two years from now, we will not see, we're certainly not going to see seven-day print in terms of newspapers. You're, you're lucky to, you're going to see three or four days of print. There, print is going to get crushed even more going forward. The fact of the matter is, is TV able to weather this storm? I don't know. Cable, I think, is going to get... Uh, cable's going to have a struggle because they've got so much inventory. Uh, events are going to be tougher to sell. But I think for those of us in radio, the advantage of us being local and having local staffs and, and people that are out have with relationships with these people... I mean, Google doesn't have a relationship with my client. They just suck the credit card out of my clients. You know, They just suck all the money out every month. So we've got to leverage those relationships, that person-to-person, local, people, local business people doing business with local business people, and surviving this is, so, is and, I think, going to be key. To, not to put too fine a point on it, but the bottom line is let's get, let's get back and focus on basics, those relationships that are so important in the local market. You're absolutely right. TV, fortunately, has po- political and retrans, but local advertising continues to decline, and so this is advice for local clients, too, or for local TV guys. Well, all right. The recession isn't to blame, but yeah. we're out of time. So, so all I can say, Keith, is uh, it's been a, a great show. Media Insultant is brought to you each Tuesday and Friday as a service of in-town media. You can contact us anytime at Jackson at in-town media. And the podcast is available on any podcast platform, video on the Media Insultant Showcase at Vimeo. So we would invite you to join us each Tuesday and Friday. We'll be back next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we will uh, come up with some other interesting things to comment on and, <laughs> and spout our opinions. And again, we've gone way over in time, but it's been a good show. Thanks so much. I'll see you next week. Adios, Jackson. Have a great weekend.